Hi, Devon here. This is just a reminder that owing to the increasing cost of living and general misery of being alive in the UK right now, uh, from the start of next month, our bonus episodes will be being posted on the free feed as well uh, until either the spring solstice or the collapse of the British state, whichever one of those comes earlier. So if you are in a position where you're going to need to cut down on your outgoings, please feel free to cancel your Patreon membership with us. If you do have some money to spare, there are a number of uh, links to charities in the description. Further, um, if you are a member of the Royal College of Nursing Union, you have a strike ballot on your desk. Please respond to that. <laughs> Additionally, Public and Communication Service Union members are also being balloted for strikes right now. Please get those in if you have them. All right. Thank you. I'm in the CIA. Jesus, you weren't kidding. You are in the CIA. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kill James Bond. I'm Alice Caldwell-Kelly. I'm joined, as ever, by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hello. How are you doing? We we watched Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. It's been a minute since we watched a Tom Clancy movie, and I do not miss them. Uh, oh, this was better I, than I, I thought it was going to be. It's kind of weirdly halfway between James Bond and Jason Bourne. See, that's what I yeah. thought. I watched this, I was like, this well, isn't a Jack Ryan movie for the first part. Um, no, it basically isn't. But I, the thing is, right, I, I was kind of done with Jack Ryan. I was dragging my feet about watching this. I'm like, I don't want to watch it because it's going to be like mediocre. There's not going to be anything interesting for me to say about it. I was wrong about that second part, but <laughs> um, I, I, I guess I, I figured that, like, um, you know, Tom Clancy died in 2013 or something. Damn. And now that he wasn't around to, like, um, terrorize directors on their own DVD commentaries like he is with The Sum of All Fears, Hollywood decided they would do another run at Jack Ryan and try and make this like a, a franchise movie. And I pray God they never make another one of these with this cast, because I, it's bad. It's really bad. It's not it's great. Not good. It's not great. It's hey. not that bad. I, uh, I have some thoughts about this, but we, we, we begin with literally Jason Bourne's music. You know the like, yeah, familiar. Yeah, essentially, what you want to do is you want to take like one in every five notes out of that, and then that's Jack Ryan music. That's right. Um, this is like serial numbers filed off stuff. Yeah, it's good. We open in London, and we do my favorite thing that a movie can do, which is wide shot of a bunch of landmarks, and then London, just to be like Big Ben, Houses of Parliament, LastMinute.com presents the London Eye. And then it just goes London <laughs> at the bottom, and you're like, yes. But it's it's yeah. like typed in, like, like it's typed in, like it's on a yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also computer, a born thing. Fun. Yeah. Do you know what else this movie's like? I want to put this up here. What else? It's, it's somewhat James Bond. It's somewhat born. It's also quite yeah. heavily Alex Ryder Stormbreaker. You're right. It is the I fish know, out of water yeah, stuff. Yeah, That's yeah. what I like, found it to be. Because, because they really play into uh, like one of Jack Ryan as a character's biggest conceit, which is, I'm an analyst. I'm a field guy. I'm not, I'm not a field guy. I'm a desk guy. Um, but somehow, due to like a combination of circumstances, I've been forced into doing the field stuff. Um, so they really lean into that. But we begin with Chris Pine, America's most 40-year-old college student, 
And you can tell he's a college student because he has a Jansport. Yeah, and you can tell that this asleep. is uh, a flashback because he's lying down on a bench and you can't do that anywhere in London anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Ly- lying on top of a bunch of economics textbooks uh, and he is woken up by a guy nudging him and going, excuse me, mate, 9-11 is happening. Fantastic. Yeah, Just, he, he senses a disturbance in the force and like yes. wakes up to find that, oh God, 9-11 has happened. It's really Not, the yeah. funniest conceivable way to start a movie is your main character sees 9-11 happen. It's yeah, so he, he, good. he wakes up. It's the joke answer for how we would start a smile. Absolutely. <laughs> He, he, he wakes up, he goes for a, a walk through the historic Cambridge district of London, uh, where everybody is like, you know, uh, reacting to the news that 9-11 has happened, sees that 9-11 has happened, and some random guy we never see again comes up to him, puts a hand on his shoulder and goes, you're American, aren't you? Sorry, mate. Great. It's nice. Perfect. Yeah. It's nice. It no is. notes, yeah. But because 9-11 has happened, this is like, radicalized him in the goods question mark way and he immediately joins uh the US Marines as an officer they you know and we the, we cut from 2001 September London to 2003 where he is in Afghanistan which is first of all seems fast to me to have like a year and change to like to be a marine officer they got to teach you how to like eat the crayon with a knife and fork it, it takes a long time right but anyway, anyway what he does he dropped out of of school Dropped out of the, the LSE yeah. to join the U.S. Marines. Out of the LSE, and and so now he is a lieutenant in the U.S. Marine Corps, where he doesn't really have a job. Like he's he's not in command of anything. He just is in a helicopter with two guys, one of whom is his hype man. Yeah, he exists to like say things like. This is patriotic shit right there. You see that? You're all right, lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, he, he's which... like I'm a friend to the men. Yes, he's he's a friend to the men, and the men are all telling him about how smart and patriotic he is. It's how I envisioned being a junior officer. <laughs> they they make it really obvious as well that he could have been like a desk guy, but he chose to be in the helicopter. Like they're looking mm-hmm. directly at the camera. <laughs> yeah, like, I think one of the guys even says, "Like, why aren't you behind a desk?" He goes, "Oh, I, I said I wanted to serve, and I'm gonna serve. Damn it!" Yeah. And they, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We also see that he's written a bunch of like reports, like intelligence reports, that just people ignore. Nobody reads them. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then he's like helping. He's helping one of his men do their harness up uh, when they get yeah. shot down, and his his back is broken. The thing is, right, an RPG is a device made in the Soviet Union that fires a bunch of really fast Bourne-style cinematic cuts at you. And so the helicopter gets hit by an RPG, and this really fucks with the cinematography. This Um, movie makes a lot of choices, cinematography-wise, that I... Yes, That are baffling, completely unexplainable, but I do love every one of them, and I will highlight (laughs) them as they come past. The editing in the action scenes is not quite as good as the editing in the talky scenes. Mm. So, so we get what, what for me is, I think, the bit that the movie does best, which is he is horrifically injured in his back. Uh, we get him going through the like various casualty clearing stations and field hospitals and so forth, and it's it's nicely horrific. They've gotten really good at doing trauma makeup. Um, it's oh yeah, my uh, man looks yeah. messed up. Like mm. he is, he is. Dude is fucked up looking. He looks like the mummy before he got input Imhotep's face. He's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is nicely horrific. Uh, I don't know if this is accurate or not, or not, but like one thing that surprised me was they don't seem to do any like 
pain control at all. They're not. They're, they're like, hey, we're going to turn you over, and this is going to hurt a lot instead of like slamming a bunch of morphine into him. I don't know, but anyway, it's effective, is the thing. Yeah. And we he- we hear that he has like carried his two dudes out of the out of the helicopter wreckage. Not the pilot, the though. Fuck back. that guy. Yeah, pilot, co-pilot, both dead. Uh, if they had any door gunners, dead. Those two guys, though, because they were telling him how smart he was, he has rescued them. Not in the film again, but... No. I do like that we don't see this. Um, I, I feel like there, any way that you had actually made it explicit by filming, it would have been, like, you know, yeah, the worst schmaltzy, for it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I, I like it better unspoken. But so, he gets his back fucked up, and he goes to Walter Reed Army Medical Center, which is weird for a Marine, you'd think it would be Bethesda, but he, he goes there, and it looks... This is still supposed to be 2003, and it looks mm. like some Star Trek shit, yeah. which it might be now, yeah. but... Um, like there's glass all over the gaff. It, it, it's like an adult playpen in the middle with like mm. a bunch of soft shapes that everyone's walking <laughs> yeah. around with. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, we, and at this point... We get, we get someone I love to see. <laughs> My notes say a wooga? Hera Knightley rolls into this fucking movie, and I stand I, I'll be up. Honest. I'll be honest, I don't, I don't like her in this movie. There's, I, I don't like the direction, I don't like the way that she's chosen to, to play the character, but she is Kathy Ryan, soon to be. Kathy Muller at this point. Well, the, thi- uh, the thing about Kira Knightley is that she is really very good at playing a, uh, a sort of Regency-era British woman. Mm-hmm. That's not a ton of anything else. No. But she's fucking good at that, though. Yeah, it's kind of odd to see this like Regency-era British woman just with an American accent, because I'm like, there's just something about this is like slight, slightly off. But I mean, I it's, it's not, it's not the best American accent, and also this is something I'll get into later. She's played and written, I, I think, as kind of a bit of a manic pixie dream girl. Yes. One thing that you notice, and you can't stop noticing it, is that she does too much with her lips. Like she's acting pre, pre like predominantly with her lips in this movie. Uh, like she bites the lips, she like moves them around a bit anytime she needs to like emote, and it's really distracting and annoying. In fact, I'd like to do some acting with Kira Knightley's lips as well. But oh my it's also, God. not the character in the movie with the worst accent that does the most lip shit. So that's that's yeah, true. true. That is true. true. So she, that, that's probably why I didn't pick up on that. Is that she's very much overshadowed by. <laughs> I, I also I don't like that they make Kathy his doctor because yeah. that's yeah, it's like, a bit fucking as, cliche. As they acknowledge in the movie and then immediately move past, it's kind of bad boundaries mm. to 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 date a patient or even really sometimes a former patient. Um, but but she she teaches him how to do PT by like um, being Kira Knightley at him. Yeah, basically, being like yeah, you can you can do this and also not get addicted to Percocet because I'm gonna because like, use move my just lips use your you. willpower. That's yeah. yeah 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 exactly. Don't become a drug addict. Just say no. As he is, as he is struggling to get himself back up on his crutch, he sees a guy who has lost his lower leg, and this like inspires him to be like, "Ah, oh, my own uh, sort of like vertebrae that has been reduced to the consistency of apple crumble." That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is which is an object lesson in how certain kinds of masculinity work, right? Yeah, is, <laughs> that wasn't arm hanging shot. off by thread. That guy's got like that guy's missing both arms. This is nothing to me. It's I'm just, you know just genuinely to be like, yeah, I have an absolutely life threatening, like life changing injury, but that guy does have it slightly worse. So I should shut the fuck up and just recover. <laughs> and he does, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, mm. Just sort of puts himself back together. No sweat. 
Um, we also we also have to see sh- shot from behind at this point, having a sort of shadowy conversation with his doctor, Kevin Costner as White James Earl Jones. Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner as America. As yes, America. <laughs> America brackets James Earl Jones brackets White. Um, now uh, Kevin Costner's deal is. Yeah. And his other deal is telling everybody that he's in the CIA. Yeah, he, Kevin Costner immediately winning the Brian Cox Memorial <laughs> yeah. Award for Intelligence. <laughs> it's actually on his like ribbons when he's in naval yeah. uniform. Yeah. Um, and so he he corners Ryan pretty quickly once he's like learned to willpower himself better, and and tells him, you know, hey, you can still serve your country even with your your fucked up spine uh, by joining the CIA. I kind mm. of like the joke that he tells everyone that he's in the CIA. Yeah, I, think I it's kind funny. of like it too. It's it's funny because the line on the script, which, like Ryan says, how do you know all this stuff about me? And the line on the script is just, I'm in the CIA. And you could play that a million different ways. And I just thought it was an interesting decision by Kevin Costner to play it as a joke. Like he just does it in a stage whisper, kind of like yeah, a waggly really eyebrows moment. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, like I'm in the bloody CIA. Decision. And they're like, Ooh. It's a fun decision <laughs> to play it that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so... What a smarter movie would have done at this point, mm. this movie only does implicitly, which it play, which is it plays these as twin seductions, right? Ryan is getting better, he is trying to, to seduce Kathy, and the CIA is trying to seduce him. Um, yep. and that's never explicit, and I, I think... Kevin Costner comes and wiggles his lips a lot. Viewers are morons, you have to tell them. Yeah, manic pixie dream Costner. I don't. Um, I'm not a fan of Manic Pixie Dream Costner. I, don't know <laughs> I, I, this, this is a very weird set of scenes. My only note on this is the phrase "I, Doctor Pussy, got me running laps in the rain," which is a thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Does do that. But so as he's running laps in the rain, thinking about Kira Knightley and her weird lips, Kevin Costner stops him and is like, "I'm in the CIA." Jesus, you are kidding. You are in the CIA. I'm always being John. told this. <laughs> <laughs> and and here, here we get some politics because uh, so the movie is aware that people might not like the CIA. What? And here's this here's how ideology. it handles this fucking idea. You know, people don't like you guys very much these days. Waterboarding rendition. Not my unit. Oh, okay. N- <laughs> and then not he clarifies my unit. And that's genuinely, yeah. <laughs> They're like, what unit's your unit? He's like, we're the ones that stop us getting hit again. And I'm like, no, no, no. That was the one that was doing the waterboarding. Mm. No, no, no. Wasn't the fucking accounts department doing you that? You don't get to fucking be like, that was someone else. Although it was me. I did it. Kev- Kevin Costner is in the CIA's anti-9-11 unit. Uh, they Bad all took job, mate. the second week of September off. <laughs> it's a real shame. For the first time, they weren't around to prevent 9-11, and then 9-11 happened. But they are back, and they're Somebody willing to prevent- Somebody lent on the button in the office the accident that said, cause 9-11, and they're like, oh no! <laughs> they flipped the big switch from 9-11 from off to on. We're like, oh fuck. <laughs> Well, the thing is, that switch has a secret third setting, which is 9-11-2, and Kevin Costner's job is to make sure it never gets set to that. Perpetual 9-11. <laughs> They're in the anti-9-11-2 unit, has nothing to do with the torture unit or the rendition unit, those weren't his units, and he says, like, um, because um, Ryan identifies that correctly as a bullshit excuse, he says, you can do better. And what he says is, I do, and so do my team every day, which is such a fucking lib thing to be so like lib. the internal resistance of the CIA to the torture program. CIA, program. welcome to the resistance. Yes! Legit. Genuinely, yes. 
unbelievable. Just every day <laughs> that I don't torture someone is a day that I'm making the CIA a better place. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, tortures George is massively running up the uh, the average. <laughs> Woke yeah. CIA I, I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I can't do anything to stop him, but I am shaking my head. So, like everyone knows, I disagree with it. And this is like asked and answered. Ryan's like, okay, um, <laughs> that's the end of the scene. That's the end of that. I, yeah. I thought a cleverer film would have done something with this idea that like Jack Ryan joins the Marines out of a sense of patriotism, and he is hurt, and then he joins the CIA, kind of like falling for the propaganda again. I thought we were going to go somewhere with this, but we no. kind of don't, really. No, like, this... this Arguably, like, the film's villain sort of engages with it, but only obliquely. We, we, we <sighs> go from this scene of, like, uh, I'm in the CIA, but I'm in the, in the nice CIA, to Ryan going, okay, and then we get the title card. It just flat cuts to Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Yeah, so so Kevin Costner has quite an interesting plan, actually. So he, he does say, look, you're not going to be out there doing torturing and stuff. What we want you to do is we're going to pay for you to go back to the LSE, finish your PhD in economics, and then we are going to send you into Wall Street to be a kind of finance banker guy. Nobody's going to know that secretly you're actually working for the CIA, and your job is to uncover people who are funding terrorism. It's like financial intelligence. A podcast. I really like this. I I wrote down this is a fun premise. Like I was yeah, genuinely. Yeah, it was a quite... great premise. I was like, oh cool, yeah. looking forward to this. Yeah, any any kind of like quasi normal job that's actually the CIA. Great, three days of the Condor. Also great podcasting. Uh, but so yeah, so he works <laughs> in the um the give me good numbers Jimmy office of uh, a, a large investment firm. Where he walks around, he he meets his colleague who has a motorcycle because he's trying to impress a girl, and his colleague is kind of dorky, and he like helps him out. He like sets him up with this girl. Also, at one point, he sits next to uh, a whiteboard that just has the word trans written on it a million times, which I go off. Okay. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. This is not this is an audio <laughs> medium, so you can't see that, but it's just right behind me. It's trans everywhere, all over the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But so we, we see that he is like chasing down some suspicious transactions in a Russian bank. At the same time, the UN is voting on some intrigue. Uh, and we get a weird scene where there's like a US diplomat talking to a Russian diplomat and they both look exactly alike. Yeah, that's slightly weird. The moment it was like the first guy walked in and started doing a bad Russian accent, I was like, oh, okay, all right. This is the movie. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, we'll t we'll talk about oh, some bad Russia. Russian accents, okay. but yeah, Russian 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 Gaevich is like we we regard this as act of economic war. Uh, this is plot of movie. We can control entire financial system, and uh, now Main Street USA is going bankrupt because of us. Uh, that's the plot of the movie, by the way. Yes. Uh, um, what I will say is that we we get the return of a shot that we've not seen in quite some time, and I do always enjoy, which is guy on the computer through the glass. Always good. That's true. Yeah. Always fun. Um, so he thinks he has figured something out, and he goes to meet his contact um, at a you know Dime Square movie showing of you know something with Dasha or whatever. Um, and he he hands him off the thing, and we get immediately. We're like nine minutes into the movie at this point, and we immediately hit the big Jack Ryan beat of I can't go to Moscow. I'm just an analyst, and the guy going, Yeah, you go to fucking Moscow. Yeah, because he thinks that the Russians there's like a bunch of accounts in the in their Russian partners firm that they can't see, and Ryan's like, this is like suspiciously big payments. It might be funding terror, and so they're like, well, go to Moscow and audit the accounts. Um, yeah. Also, uh, he's still with Kira Knightley, and she finds his like movie ticket stub, 
and she's like she's suspicious of him she's like oh why are you like are you cheating on me are you having an affair and at no point does he go you are Kira Knightley he's like <laughs> hang on a minute mate I'm sorry you, <laughs> you've misunderstood unless you have a twin sister the answer to that question is obviously no <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah she, she she's just out doing manic pixie dream eye doctor shit mm-hmm. and she finds this like the ticket also neither stuff. of them have aged in the 10 years that are supposed to have happened yeah. Also, it's shot weirdly flatly. Like they have mm. an argument about this, and it's it's like the worst argument between a couple I've seen, not starring Harry Styles in the last like thirty years of movies. Mm. That's true. Uh, it, it it is truly. He's like uh, weird. How there's eight mustards in the fridge, and none of them go with my sandwich. Yeah, it's, um, it's really weirdly laid out as well. It's just shot reverse shot over and over, and you're like, what? Yeah, I feel like there are yeah, better ways. But to be fair, poetry. it all feels like perfunctory, right? Because we've mm-hmm. seen enough Jack Ryan origins at this point to know that you have to you have to have Kathy in it. She has to be upset at Jack, and then at the end they reconcile. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of like what they do with Kathy later in this film. I kind I of do, I, I don't. Do. But we'll, we'll get to this. Um, but so at this point, we have to go to Russia and see our antagonist oh and as soon as i saw the God. back of this motherfucker's head i i i wrote down kenneth branner <laughs> loves two things most in this life the first thing that kenneth branner loves is directing himself and the second thing that he loves is directing himself to do a reprehensible accent kenneth branner in this movie let me uh, tell you something good jack Unfucking real, but like K- Kenneth Branagh, <laughs> genuinely, his way of playing the Russian bad guy is to purse his lip so hard that there's just no lip visible at all, and then just yep. do like the worst Russian. Oh, Mr. Ryan, we see there is nothing Let you possess. Let me tell you something, Jack. See, like, the the thing about Kenneth Branagh is. <laughs> That he is currently Brackets working carefully. Yes. The, thing about Kenneth is, the main thing I like to remember about Kenneth Branagh is that he is currently working in the British film and theatre industry uh, and is a very powerful and influential man. Yeah. So uh, my agent has just handed me a note uh, reminding me that I really liked this film and I enjoyed his directing and acting in the film. It's. Abby, it's fine. I we're just gonna everything that we say about this movie, about Kenneth Branagh, about his action direction, all of this. Uh, we know this because you said to us very enthusiastically before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. This is, um, we're just transliterating, basically. Th- these these are your views, but it's fine if you don't feel confident to to express them. So anyway, uh, not he, even the views he's, he's, of Kill James Bond. It's just no, it's solely just Abby. Abby it's just yeah. Abby. Yeah, it's a shame. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so he's he's getting an injection, and he the, like the guy injecting him with the thing hurts him, and he slaps him across the room. From which we can deduce two things: one, he is violent; he is a brutal man. Two, he is almost certainly dying, and that's the impetus for him to do the evil shit because yep. he's like on the clock. Like Mitski, he works better under a deadline. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. So like right? you can is- see. Parents have a very yeah. interesting family history. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, but you can kind of see the terms this movie is taking ahead of you. Um, he goes to meet uh, some Russian leader in the woods, and the Russian leader is like, it is time to activate secret plan, but no one can know of secret plan. Um, what I like is the idea that the Kremlin, like, it, it, essentially the guy just goes, you know, uh, the President Putin has always been very concerned of the the appearance of financial impropriety, which is not 
the case. And there is something quite interesting or quite clever about this scene is that like, so your bad guys are Russian, right? But but Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh, uh, fun fact about Kenneth Branagh, born in Belfast, uh, just a little Branagh fact. Um, Kenneth Branagh doesn't speak Russian. Yeah, he still has the accent yeah. too. <laughs> Let me uh, tell you something, good Jack. Kenneth Branagh doesn't speak fluent Russian, so so something quite clever they do in this scene is is they <laughs> they shoot them from like behind a few trees. So occasionally the actors are, like passing behind the trees. They shoot them from quite far away. It's a full body shot, so you can't see their lips moving. And Kenneth Branagh has almost no lines in this scene. It's just like yes, minister, no minister. And the, you you cast an actor who can actually speak fluent Russian as the guy who's doing the majority of the talking. And they do that a lot in this film. Is that whenever the main characters or like the English or British actors. Um, don't, who don't speak Russian have to speak? They like shoot them from behind. It's just it's just a quite clever way of disguising the fact that like they don't speak Russian. I enjoy it's, it. It's, it's, it's well done. It, it, has, it has robbed me of my favorite Tom Clancy bit, which is they zoom in on a guy's mouth and he's speaking, and then they say a word that's the same, and then you know that they've switched from Russian to English. It was really good that. in Hunt for Red October, and it's yeah. just getting worse and worse. <laughs> we also do the thing because we're in Russia, so we get again establishing shot of Red Square. It says yep. Russia. And again, you're like, yes, yeah. I know what Red Square. <laughs> I know where Red Square is, man. I'm not mistaking St. Basil's Cathedral for anything else. So, so, so back in back in New York, Ryan's boss is like warning him about going to Russia. He'll agree to send him to like audit these accounts, but he's like, you got to be careful there. It's a corporation, not a country. They're still ideologues, but the ideology is money, and that is a great fucking time capsule misread of Putinism. That's one for the ages right there. Because a lot of very smart, very serious people believed this of Putin for a long time. Uh, I would say very few Russians did, but a lot of a lot of Western observers were like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, it's just naked greed. And it's like, well, not just. There is a quite interesting moment though where where Ryan's Ryan says, Yeah, I understand what you mean, like they're doing capitalism, we're doing capitalism. We're all in the same boat, so don't rock the boat. And the guy says, it's not a boat, it's a luxury yacht, and we're all in it together. Um, which is like quite nice, actually. It's like, no, no, uh, uh, we, the American ruling class and the Russian ruling class, have an alliance here that is against the working class of both countries. So don't fuck it up, Jack Ryan. Of course, the, the person who fucked it up in the end was, was Putin. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so... We we at this point have the how couples argue these days argument. Um, this one thing I did notice the set decoration is really good. Um, like uh, they, in in the house when they have the argument, they have a little like throw pillow that's a Snell and eye chart because she's an eye doctor and it's cute. It's nice. It is nice. Like there are a lot of little if things. If you're noticing that though, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, while, the, while the drama's happening, I'm just looking at the background of a scene and be like, "Oh, it's a good paintings they've got in the background." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's not. Um, but so that th they argue. She's like, "Why don't you ever take me anywhere? I want to go to Moscow. I want to go to Paris." Uh, and and his thing is, "Well, why won't you marry me?" Um, and she doesn't want to. Which fair enough. Whatever. He goes to Moscow. We see Red Square again. We get the big Moscow trail again. So it's like, like okay. Moscow, and I'm like, I can see the word Lenin on screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see we, we do meet a guy. We do. We 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 meet. MB Deng, who is uh, Ryan's bodyguard and driver Huge for dude. this for the Sharaven Group, uh, Kenneth Branagh's company, mm -hmm. the one that we see that he is investigating. Huge Ugandan dude uh, who is going to bodyguard him. 
could be an interesting character. It's played well yeah. and interesting. I like except him. He's fun. for except for this one thing that I think is direction where he ends every line by doing a little chuckle. It's sort of like someone has come in and been like, no, give give me like Ugandan odd job. And so oh God, you're right. Every, oh fuck. Every every line he does. And again, it's one of those things. Once you notice it, you can't you can't unring the bell. Uh, everything he says is like, oh, great view of Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, you're right, oh, man. That's he's, that's disgraceful just, to me. That's 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 his laugh that he does when he's thinking about betraying you in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does, and, and yeah, he does. Because Ryan's like, oh well, this is a cool hotel room. And he's like, oh, you should check out the view. <laughs> and then the second he does, he tries to kill him with uh, with a with a pistol with a suppressor on it, a silenced gun. Um, which the thing about the silencer is that it makes the gun silent, which is why it's called that. Um, yeah, yeah. What it what it does is it it makes a pistol make a kind of like pew noise. Yep, yep. Oh, we're all familiar with the noise. We've all played a first person shooter. It goes, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah. And so he he and Ryan fight in this hotel room. There are lots of like silenced gunshots going on outside. There is a a maid working with a vacuum cleaner, and so like. This is a plot point in the movie, is how quiet this is, that she turns off the vacuum cleaner for a second, and she still she can't hear anything. Not really, how they work. really not it's great. not <laughs> soundproof door, maybe? I don't know. I, it didn't, it didn't bother me. How do they work? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so uh, what a suppressor, not a silencer, what a suppressor does is it, it makes a gunshot quieter However, it's still a very loud sound because that's what a gunshot is. Like there are things, there are things you can do. There's like other things you can manipulate. But by and large, what you're like, what you're talking about is reducing the ability to determine that something is a gunshot, but not that it's a loud noise or where it is. Um, but so they fight. They get into the bathroom from Casino Royale because every spy's first kill has to be in the bathroom. Yeah, the thing Casino about Royale. being a spy is you just get really nice hotel rooms. Yeah, fucking lovely. It is a nice room. It is really a nice room. This is such a nice hotel. I want to know where this hotel is. Remember how bad Sean Connery's hotel room was in like fucking From Russia with Love? Oh my god, ridiculous! Yeah, Yeah. the the standards of living for spies have like gone up. It was like a fucking vastly premier inn on that one. He's got like three perfect chocolates on a plate on his pillow. Not just one, three. They're not even wrapped. I mean, delightful. I would love um, to see two spies having a fight to the death in the bathroom of a Premier Inn. That would be really good. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> but you couldn't get a fucking camera in there. With, you couldn't get two dudes in a fucking bathroom of a Premier Inn. Never mind two dudes and a camera crew. Yeah. But so, so, so Ryan is like smaller than Deng. He's like injured because of his back. Uh, they're, they're fighting and like to gain the upper hand, what he does is he gets the gun and he fires it next to both of their ears in a way that does not deafen him, but does deafen the other guy. Uh, yep, 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 yep. I'm, I'm circling back again to what, what volume is this supposed to be, right? If it deafens you, if it's right next to you, but you can't hear it from another room. Um, Alright, let me put this to you. Hang on. I'm still thinking about it. Let me put this to you. Not, not a Jack Ryan fight in a Premier Inn, but a Jackie Chan one. Isn't I think that basically the foreigner. I think Jackie Chan could. Oh fuck, he does. Yeah, but it's it's less. It's not as choreographed as his his earlier work. I think a Jackie. That's true. Chan he's, he's not doing in like in. he's not doing travelodge bits. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. get you. He, he's not using the like weird sort of bonus sheet they give you to like grab a guy's arms <laughs> or whatever. He's not like blinding a guy by like getting a lot of like hand soap and just going 
on his face. <laughs> thing about having yeah. your your shower and toilet in the same like floor space is that it's very convenient to clean up the blood after you bash someone's head off the toilet. This this movie is so good that we're now imagining better movies. That's okay. that's how, so you know good, it's good it is at holding your attention. Thank you very much to um, director Kenneth Branagh for this great film. Um, so so he drowns he drowns Dang in the bathtub, which I thought was quite does. creative. Make you work for it, did he? Well, never mind. The second one is. Um, yeah. Second one is. <laughs> second one. Yeah. This, guy's, this guy's too big to Sorry, be I'm the first the kill. Accent drop again. Let me uh, tell you something, Jack. Just one of um, the, just one of the accents mm. of all time. Um, yeah, yes. Uh, so he he goes. He flees the room, having killed the guy. He's like shaking. Chris Pine does uh, guy in shock very well. He does this really well. Um, and, and and he calls the same operator from Three Days of the Condor, and they rip off <laughs> this is the panic Three Days officer. of the Condor. <laughs> they call the panic officer, yes. Now that it's in two movies, I, I'm now forced to believe that it's a real thing. It's gotta be. Um, and, and they do the same conversation where she asks him, because it's a girl now, because feminism, she asks him, are you intact? Um... And he doesn't remember where the like any, what any of the codes mean, and so he breaks protocol like three days of the Condor, uh, and she like breaks protocol too. She's like, "Well, this is where you have to go. You're a marine. You'll get through this." And I'm like, "Okay, but if that kind of like niceness and support helps, why wouldn't you just do it to start with?" Yeah, it's quite <laughs> yeah. odd. Yeah, if if you're calling for help, why shouldn't they fucking act like your mum in the first place? You know. Like this oh, is the CIA, well. you silly little sausage line. How can I help? <laughs> yeah. You ring them up and they're <laughs> yeah, like, "How are you much. doing?" You're yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Are you hanging? Do you do you need anything, bestie? <laughs> <laughs> so so they're like, okay, just the fuck CIA around. Panic off. It's like, hey, babes, what's up? How you <laughs> would doing? Genuine, would genuinely be this more is the helpful. Checking I in on your blokes than... line. Can you? Just... <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred percent. Um, but so this is this. He, she she tells him just hang around Moscow for a bit and then go to the location point Gamma, uh, where you'll be met. Uh, and he sees. He says your he go, feelings he are valid. Moscow. Code yes. back. Yeah. Um, but so he, he, he walks around Moscow and he gets scared. He thinks a, a taxi is following there's him. A, there's sure a really nice touch, which is before he. I mean, I, I think a lesser film from, from a director who wasn't Kenneth Branagh would have, just, <laughs> would have just cut to him walking around Moscow. But before we do, he goes back to the hotel room and, and we see him look at the corpse and he's disturbed by it. I'm like, oh, that's actually quite a nice touch, actually. We're sort of remembering mm. the human cost here. Yeah, there are some like honestly pretty good shots in this one. Like, he, there's a really good close-up shot of him looking at the the chocolates that have been put back on the bed, and like a really close-up shot of him yeah. handheld, so it's shaking a little bit. He gets startled by a phone ringing. It's like it's he yeah. he sells it. It sells it really well. Probably going mm-hmm. through it. So so as as he is going through it with this this taxi potentially following him around, uh, women being emotionally needy. Be, be calling you, be texting you, be like, hey, bestie, what's up? God, um, I would hate to be called and texted all the time by Checks Notes, Kira Knightley! This, this is my Diana Rigg moment, right? <laughs> it's just Kira yeah. Knightley! What are you talking Why about? Why did you leave the house where she was? I don't see it. I might have to, like, hand in my lesbian card. I don't see it. But so, the funniest, the funniest emotional import, right, is she, she, he sees this fucking taxi cab following him around, and he gets her on the phone, and he's like, "I I don't know when I'm gonna be back." Implication because I might be killed. D- don't lose faith in me. And what she does after this huge emotional moment, what she says is, "There's a beat of solid silence," and she says, "Okay, 
Just uh, just phenomenal. And th- th- this is also my reaction to this movie. It's just Again, the direction it, it really- is fantastic. Uh, they really did a phenomenal job at that one. Tries to set something up, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> you see the reminder after the setup, and you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> so he 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 goes he goes to the meetup point where he sees Kevin Costner. It's Kevin Costner again. Who is very good at this handler stuff because he's like gentle and fatherly. He has a dog that we later learn that he has just stolen for having an excuse to like walk around with. Um, and I like also that they put the lie to the oh I'm in the better than the rest of the CIA unit morally uh, thing because he's like oh yeah my first my first time I killed someone I killed an innocent woman for no reason because she like came up behind me and I thought she was going to murder me. At no point does anyone say why are you still employed. No, because that's 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 good. That's you know the thing that they want from you, kind of. On the other hand, I feel as if the movie still thinks that this is different and morally superior to waterboarding somebody because you're like you're in the field, you know, you're doing ops shit. Um, so at this point, wh- one of one of my least favorite genres of conversations, which is uh, smart guy being like, I'm, I'm stealing this from a tweet. And I don't remember whose. Uh, they're hacking into a mainframe. Dumb guy, explain that to me in English, Poindexter. Smart guy, sir, they're fucking our pussies. I literally wrote we- down, they're fucking our pussies at this point, because <laughs> yes. this is a cultural, that tweet is a touchstone for it's me. It's a touchstone, yes. yes. They're fucking our pussies, uh, and, and the closer of that is action guy, cox gun, now you're talking my language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the pussies that they're fucking, is, is, it's not like technical this time, it's financial. Um, they fucked once the again, financial I, pussy. I, I put my head in my hand. I, <laughs> I didn't do the 20 minutes of how suppressors work, but this isn't how markets work. So, w- w- the, Ryan, working off of nothing, has deduced. Yeah, vibes. Working off of Ryan deduction here, just vibes. No, yeah, he, he's worked this out based on accounts he can't see and, and, and Ugandan odd job trying to kill him. He has deduced. The Russians are going to do 9-11 too, at the same time. <laughs> the, <laughs> at this, yeah, they are. <laughs> at the same time, they're going to sell off all of their like treasury bill holdings, which are in the trillions, and thus crash the dollar. They'll recover, uh, and, and they're going to start the Great Depression too. And the reason why this, this isn't like, the reason why they're going to be fine <laughs> and this and it's going to be bad for the US is and Ryan says this we don't have their oil reserves US is a Have you heard of Texas? <laughs> you have you heard of a man about? named Barack Hussein Obama? <laughs> have you heard of have, have you heard of like shale oil? Motherfucker, RuPaul <laughs> has oil reserves. <laughs> the US is a massive net exporter of oil. What are you talking about, Jack? Unfucking believable. A man is dead. <laughs> also, like, 9 11 1 didn't crash the dollar. Why would. Why wouldn't 9-11- after 9-11-1, they just- they just suspended trading. It is later a key plot point that after they pull 9-11-2, they are going to suspend trading again. The, it's- it genuinely- what? it's like, what are the three worst things that have ever happened to America? 
Great Depression, Cold War, 9-11. There you go. It's all of these. That's the plot of Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, he no. even says it's going to cause a second Great Depression. It's like, oh, it's shit. Like... The, the, the like the stark warning here, right? Because like the plot, all Tom Clancy things are like this is dangerously plausible. Uh, it almost never is. But the thing that is dangerously plausible this time is ah, uh, we've made a mistake financializing our economy because now it's so tied up with Russia's that they can just detonate our economy at any time and not like and not hurt themselves. Um. Listen, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and I know that it's easy to make fun of this uh, now. So, and so I will. Uh, this this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it, doesn't, just, it doesn't work that way. We've we had it proven to us now that it doesn't work that way. Uh, yeah, Russia are perfectly are capable real. of fucking their own economy. <laughs> They're fucking their own pussies. <laughs> yeah, so so in order to forestall the Russians fucking our pussies, Kevin Costner gives him a gun. And he's like, <laughs> "Well, this this bit is quite clever because Jack Ryan says um, the fund transfers, the selling off of the dollars. You can't just like sit it down at a computer and do that like with a mobile banking app. You've got to pre-program that in. So if we can hack into Cherovin's mainframe and fuck his pussy." Um, they'll be planning to sell off the dollars right after 9-11-2 happens. So all we have to do is figure out when he's planning to sell, and we'll have the approximate date and time of 9-11-2. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, 9-11 again. Thought they'd go for the anniversary, I guess. Um, Sounds good as so 9 he, he hands him the gun, he's like, you're operational now. Which is like... He's, he's already he killed a guy. In country, on an op... He was doing an operation, what do you... Um, and then he leaves him with the abandoned dog, which is a nice shot. Doesn't have as much malice as I think the movie like. I think it has. It's more malicious than the movie intended. I thought the dog you know? was going to come back, but never mind. No, no. Yeah, because the next shot is Jack Ryan walking up a staircase, and like the entire time he's being revealed as he walks up, I was there, like, "Come on, come on, come on!" Yeah, <laughs> I wanted the, the dog. dog to be there. At least he's oh. just dropped the dog back off. Um, but so at this point, we now have to get into another theme of this movie, which is that the Russian Orthodox Church is spooky. Uh, anytime we we, we yeah, gotta talk about what the fuck was this scene about? It's the Russian equivalent it's... of the Muezzin filling time, right? This is just like yeah, it's it, it genuinely. Oh, I'm gonna is... talk about that that later on. Mm. Genuinely, is prejudiced against orthodoxy, which is a, an insane <laughs> sentence to say, but it, it has found a new kind of bigotry, um, where every time a Russian character needs to do some plotting, they go to church. The choir is like doing some like church Slavonic kind of like in the background, um, and they like you know there's candles, there's incense, there's all of this stuff. They're in front of like an iconostasis. Um, uh, going like, oh, it is time to destroy the West. I'm really glad you made that comparison to the Muezzin, actually, Devin, because that's something I was going to say, is, and a note that I've made later on, because this happens again later, it's like, it feels like this film took a lot of the the cinematic language of how films portray scary Muslims, and just like just changed some of the set dressing. Yeah, You're for not sure. wrong at fucking all. It, it really does. This uh, it, the, Kenneth Branagh's character could one hundred percent have been an Arab being played by Mark Strong. Um, could have been. I'm not saying it would be a better movie or not. Because... <laughs> I can't imagine. Um, at this point, I don't know if it would be a better movie, but it is a movie we would watch. We briefly go um, a little bit James Bond here because Jack Ryan goes to meet Cherovin in his like huge James Bond villain office, and they trade some fucking like Bond one-liners. Yeah, it not very British, is it? Or very cricket, that kind of thing. It's 
Mickey Aww. Rourke bit in Stormbreaker where they're just chatting for the first yeah, time. It's the British. bit in Doctor No. I, it, it's a classic scene. I don't know. I quite enjoy seeing it again. I, I have some thoughts. First of all, about him getting into the office because Brian like spends most of his time in Moscow walking into lobbies. When he walks into the Gordy Hotel lobby, I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good Gordy Hotel lobby. When he walks into the office of the bank, I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good Gordy Hotel lobby. And when he walks into Cheraven's office, I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good Gordy Hotel lobby. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like the sets are really good. There's such an insane security setup as well for Sheriff and Industries for what is facially a brokerage. It's like the, the, they go through the security pods from the uh, the BBC TV series Spooks and also My Gym. Uh, I I refuse to yeah. answer whether or not I imagine myself as an MI5 agent when I go jogging. Um, I definitely. I, yeah, I used to go to a gym that had these as well. Actually. Do you think of yourself as an MI five officer when you go jogging? <laughs> I, I like tap myself in, and in my head, I'm like. So we get possibly the least earned uh, cultural moment here, which is Ryan sees a big portrait of Napoleon on the wall, and he goes, "Is that Napoleon?" And Chiraven goes, "You you know your history, Mister Bond." This is yeah, the funniest like shit in the world because you don't see the painting until it's already been discussed, those two lines. So he goes like, it's a nice painting, is that Napoleon? And it cuts back to like, you can't see the painting yet. And he's like, I see you know your history. <laughs> it cuts to a third shot. And this painting is like the entire third wall of the office. <laughs> to, be honest, like, to be honest, yes. it was kind of a gimme. He is wearing the Napoleon hat. Um, also, can we talk about how weird it is for this movie to make a Russian patriot idolize Napoleon? Mm. Napoleon, Napoleon, Russia. Um, the, 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 they didn't get on, as far as I'm aware. No, not very well. But I mean, I guess if you had gone like, "Is that Savurov or whatever?" Then the hogs would not have understood. Um, yeah, they do that with Kathy later. Yeah. Also, Kenneth Branagh has a thing, right? And Kenneth Branagh's thing, one of his things is. I mean, the main thing is that he's currently working. <laughs> it's just like Alice gets cut off, and we just hear her flatly overdubbing it. Great acting. <laughs> <laughs> if Kenneth Branagh wants to convey smart guy, what he does is talk fast, uh, and he like clips his words a little bit. It's the exact same diction as his Poirot, and you can tell this because he does this here. It's like uh, I have like moved all of the funds, uh, I've sold all of the stuff. There's nothing for you to investigate. Uh, you know, fuck off. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. But he does all of that in the same diction as Poirot making a deduction when Kenneth Branagh is playing him. Uh, except in a Russian accent. What is also too. important to know is that he hasn't, at this point, moved a single muscle on his face uh, yes, the entire yeah. time he's been on screen because he can't maintain the accent if his lips aren't held like that, is what I, <laughs> yeah. is what I figure. Um, because, this, is, this, is, this is also like... This conversation of like veiled threats, there's no veil in them. Like He's just like, I hear the first night can be Deadly. Uh, I am going yeah. to kill you. Yeah, the you. quality of the Bond one line is just a bit low. It's just like this: the the jet lag can be murder. <laughs> uh -huh. It can be. It can feel like a drowning man in bathtub. <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't that like? Was that? Oh, it was Pierre Novelli who came on the show to be like, it'd be very funny to just have a James Bond one liners, but he can't do metaphors. So it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. ah, I wonder what your pussy's like. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> we we get basically pretty close to that in this movie, but so so scrambling for a reason to like stay in Moscow, he's like uh, Ryan goes. Well, let me let me like take you to dinner with uh, 
This is my... his move, man. He doesn't know how to do any other move. He did this with Kathy several times as well. He's just like, what if we went to dinner? How about that? Yeah, when and in like, doubt, oh. ask him on a date. Yes. Just, just yes. Panic and ask him on a like. date. <laughs> <laughs> Fiction for Jack Ryan. <laughs> just like... And, and, and Branagh knows and tells him that his, his wife, Kathy, is, is like in Moscow. She has come to the hotel to try and surprise him. Uh, and so essentially what Kenneth Branagh is guessing here is uh, when European couple on vacation ask you to swing and you're like, shit, maybe. Um, he, and he agrees. This is, this is their inn. Um, uh, so he goes to meet Kevin Costner and he's like, look, why don't, could we send somebody into the office to hack Kenneth Branagh's computer whilst, to, fuck his, to fuck his pussy whilst we're having dinner? And they're like, yeah, we could send you because that's, that's what Jack Ryan movies are. You'll so, do it. And they so say, oh, we can use Kathy as a distraction because Kenneth Branagh really likes married women. He's he's a, a man after my own heart in that regard. Mm. Hey, who am I? Um, yeah, it's what, there's like 10 guys in the CIA. I don't know why they can't spare a single motherfucker ever. Uh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the thing about the CIA is it doesn't have a huge budget. Um, Most of its budget is spent having guys just sort of walking around ready to hand off shit to you. This this yeah, movie training has training close up magicians to pick pockets. Yeah. I I really yeah. enjoy how many swift brush pass handoffs there are in this film. Like ev- <laughs> like no one lot, has anything in their pockets. Every time they need something, someone just happens to go by and like hand it, and they're like, I right, got it. I like so that. so we also have to see we also have to see where nine eleven two is going to happen. So we go to. And we see this on screen, Dearborn, Michigan, which made every muscle in my body tense up. <laughs> but uh, no, not not the angle you think, because you know who else is in Dearborn, Michigan as Russians in their spooky Orthodox churches. Yeah. And so we go to a spooky Orthodox church where the choir is like, and and a Russian family is like, we have been activated to do 9-11. Yeah, he's, he starts reading from Lamentations, and they literally just mm-hmm. go, we've been activated. Yeah, that is the line as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is also a, 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 another spooky bald guy who is like following them. Mm. Um, He's an FBI agent, and and they kill him. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, uh, they back in Moscow. Uh, Kathy's Kathy's there. So it's nice that she's just like not on the phone. She's now in the heart of the mm-hmm. action, in danger, and she's found Jack's gun. How couples gun. argue these days, too. Uh, th- this culminates in uh, him telling her that she's in the CIA, that he's in the CIA, and her being like, "Thank God," which I like as a joke. But like the co- the confection here is that you can't tell any of your like anyone you're dating that you're in the CIA until you marry them, and which is such a fucking stupid rule. I believe it's like an him. outdated thing that's still in the books. No, surely not. If you readers, if you readers, listeners, if you're in the CIA, do do tell us. But you can't um, unless you marry us, before. which is the highest available Patreon tier. Yeah, just true. just propose to all of us, and then when we all say yes, which we will, uh, then you can tell us about whether or not this is true. Um, so they go on this date, and Ryan sort of plays up being a drunk and addicted to pills and a piece of shit. Uh, it's good. I like this. It's it's well acted and like acting drunker than you are is a great skill in human intelligence. It is. This is um, this is good. This is good. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he 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 eventually gets himself like uh, banished from the table as an excuse to like have Sheraven's ID card brush past to him and another thing brush past to him so that he can infiltrate the office. Gets brush while past Kathy no less is like, <laughs> this is a good yeah. tense scene because now Kathy has been left alone with Kenneth Branagh. 
It is, it is, yeah, like, it's very easy to make this tense and they do it quite well. Uh, also, the, the sort of, like, creepy seduction thing here is, um, it's well played in that they have identified a real type of Russian guy. There is, there are a lot of, of Russian men in particular who are, like, kind of have a bit of an inferiority complex about their own high culture, and so anytime you show any interest or, like, you know, know who fucking Anna Karenina was. They're like, holy shit, this is, you know, an international exchange of letters not seen since the days of Peace of the Great. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. It's a real type of guy. Um, it, it, this is a nice scene. It's a, it's a good chat between the two of them. Like, these are two good actors both doing, doing the things best with that they can lips. with the words that they've been <laughs> yeah, told to say. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Battle of the accents, truly. Also, it's 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 fun that uh, at this point uh, Branagh gets to be like James Bond, but in so doing, he is setting himself up. Like he's literally he's doing all the like the lines like oh, I wonder how your pussy is, uh, but like he's actually fucking himself over. Yeah. Meanwhile, his own pussy's getting fucked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Jack infiltrates the office. He has to do a little hacking mini game, which is weird that they included. Screen turns red, that's how you know it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the sets off an alarm, the security chief comes back, so he's like on the clock. Uh, I, I, I just wrote down, yeah, this is, this is, this is tense enough. Um, he, he, he escapes, just about. Uh, what, I, what I do like is when, um, when Kenneth Branagh is told about this, he immediately figures out who has been fucking his pussy, and immediately figures out that Kira Knightley has been fucking his pussy. And it's like, and it's like, nice, okay. sick, great, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, uh, Kevin Costner shoots a couple of guys to to cover for Ryan, which dumb, but whatever. Um, Kira Knightley fucking your pussy. What a day. Yeah. What an evening. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, what so I do like the- about about the the mm-hmm. hacking mini game is he calls in a favor from the dude he set up with, like Rachel in accounting right at the start. Oh, the motorbike yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy. Just I to remind like you that he's around. Yeah, just to remind you that that guy's there. He comes back so many times throughout the course of this movie, just unnecessarily. So, so as as American intelligence assets that are now blown, that now uh, Kenneth Branagh is like, oh, interesting, I will now kill you, um, they, they leave, and they don't go to the US Embassy, which is what you should do. They go to a warehouse where they yeah, try to figure out when 9 is going to happen, and they all go to the same place, which is this warehouse. And of course, Kenneth Branagh's guys follow them there, break in, kidnap Kira Knightley because uh, women women love to be getting kidnapped. We love it; can't get enough of it. Um, oh, we also see that Branagh has like killed his uh, chief of security as punishment and uh, stolen the light bulb out of his uh, his desk lamp. Mm. And at this point, Jack Ryan looks at the, the data that he's stolen and he looks at the calendar and he realizes, oh my God, it's the 10th of September today. <laughs> yes. 9 11 2 is tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, he yes. looks over a big like calendar and it just has 9 11 2 written on it and like circled in red. And he's like, oh fuck. <laughs> oh, no. 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, but we don't know where, but somewhere in America. Yeah. And we, we, we have to go and chase down. Uh, my my kidnapped girlfriend. This kind of feels um, like they're padding the movie for time. Yeah, it does. Because they, they go use... and chase her and like get her back like in ten minutes. I'm like, okay. Well, this is the th- oh, well, we'll talk about this because they use they use a special fucking gadget watch, which is gives you a nice like Hamilton watch company tie in placement. Um, 
she she is like captured by Kenneth Branagh with some of the least effective duct taping I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and then and then we get some uh, a genuine moment of sadism, right? So he Kenneth Branagh calls him up. He does the accent, and doing the accent, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna put a light bulb in Kira Knightley's mouth." Uh, because there's like a pressure point on someone's neck that you can use to make them hold their mouth open. I don't know if that's true, by the way. If you do know if that's true, DM me. Um, I'm gonna put a light bulb in her mouth, and then when she bites down on it, it's gonna like fuck up uh, like all of her her mouth and her her throat and her lungs with broken glass. And this is a genuinely new kind of sadism to me. Uh, it's it's also I would say played explicitly as a sexual threat. Like, you're putting a thing in a woman's mouth, for one thing, but second of all, he, like, literally sniffs her hair. Also, listeners, don't put light bulbs in your mouth because uh, it's very, very easy to get them stuck there. That's not true, by the way. I looked into this. Uh, Don't think that I didn't go to the National Electronic Injury Surveillance System and search for light bulb-related accidents. The thing about getting a light bulb stuck in your mouth is a myth. Oh shit, I'm gonna go put one in my mouth, like, later today. Well, fuck me, I guess. Uh, if you're interested in being the third host of Kill James Bond, uh... <laughs> also, also, I, I can't find any examples of anyone, like, biting on a light bulb, like, by force like this. However, a lot of, like, between uh, one and three hundred people uh, a year in the US are apparently seen by hospitals for light bulb-related injuries to the mouth. I can't find a single death. A lot of people who have like got lacerations to the inside of their mouth, no one's died. So this is perhaps not as effective as Kenneth Branagh is making it out to be. Still, still horrifying. I think it's like pitch perfect, like um, Brosnan era Bond villain. I think it's good. Yeah, but the thing is, right? I'm, I I think that this gets to something that it makes me very uncomfortable in the same way that I've been uncomfortable about since we did the Foreigner and the torture scene in that, which was worse because it was nominally perpetrated by the good guys, yeah, right? Field expedient. Is, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I I think that it is considerably sicker to use this kind of like uh, sexualized torture threat in your movie as part of the like ostensible. Oh, we have to show how how grim this world is, or how determined this villain is. That this is how far he's willing to go. I I think it's it's genuinely repulsive to use it in that conceit. You know? Yeah. I, I have some. I really don't like it, and it's like a feminist podcast. It's something that I, I I'm not happy about us like glossing over. I want to talk about this because it is it's really uncomfortable. Well, uh, the mark me. of how bad the villain is is like his willingness to hurt women. Yeah. It, yes. It's yeah. That, absolutely. Or, like, it, it's things like this, or like I think sexual assault, like depictions of sexual assault in media to show you how bad the villain is, are always something that I find immensely distasteful. Hundred percent, yeah, and it's like there there are movies about sexual assault and about torture uh, that like have their sympathies with the victims. This is not one of those things. This is one of those things where it is it is pornographic in a way that is deeper than any like actual pornography. It is it, it it's the kind of same thing as as hostile. It's the same thing as a lot of horror movies where it's like. We are inviting you, the viewer, to experience this vicariously and get a little shiver from like how how scary and how threatening and how gross this all is. Uh, and it, it makes me really fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, I suppose the idea that the Kira Knightley might feel anything about, or the character rather, the idea that uh, Kathy might feel anything about this incident, or that they might have sort of lasting psychological impact on her, is just kind of never really addressed. No, she's she doesn't fine do a whole lot yeah. after this point in the film. Mm-hmm, no. 
this is sort of what she's around for. And and to to be clear, not to not to say that there's no way to depict her, say if it isn't that is like effective in something like you can do that. It's just I would say quite difficult. <laughs> I would say very, yeah, very yeah, difficult. It's also, it's also about the myths too. It also raises the question of like, what are you doing this for? What are you mm. doing this in aid of? Right? Like the 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 great sort of artistic purpose that you're doing this for is in order to slightly enhance Jack Ryan shadow recruits. Yeah, like, true. Would this would this movie be a towering achievement of cinema with this? Would it be a towering achievement of cinema if you had like cut this? Yeah, probably not. It's not exactly is it, Salah, is it, is it, is it? It's it's not Citizen no, Kane, no. the fucking movie. It's and this is Jack that, Ryan. And when you when you think about it, like a lot of the a lot of shit that's in perfectly mainstream movies now makes Salah look tame. That's not an exaggeration. You can go back and watch it, and it is like it's ludicrous. It is funny now to watch it and be like, this is what was thought to be. You know, beyond transgressive at the time, and is now middling. It's mid. So yeah, no. I think this speaks to the sort of increasing sadism and misogyny of our culture. Certainly, fair enough. It also contributes to myths as well, because most women who have light bulbs put in our mouth, it's put there by someone who knows us. (laughs) That is true. You're very, very (laughs) unlikely to be kidnapped by an evil Russian. Uh, it's certainly, uh, certainly by Kenneth Branagh. Certainly as far as I know, Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh has never kidnapped any women in real life, which means your odds of being kidnapped by him vanishingly low. low. And yet, low. this movie suggests otherwise. By all accounts, he's he's a nice man. Yeah. This movie uh, suggests, but <laughs> I mean, to the point where the one named female character—that's <laughs> a yes. That's no, no, that's not true. Kenneth Branagh also has a secretary called like uh, oh, I want to say Natalia. I oh, want to nah. say that it starts with that. <laughs> the, fi- no, the, fi- no. the finest misogyny of the 1950s. He also has a secretary. Um, <laughs> I want to say Natalia? Maybe? So, so, so every Russian secretary is called Natalia. That was a gimme. That's that doesn't true. Count. R- R- Ryan, Ryan rescues his wife, but he leaves, he leaves Kenneth Branagh alive. Um, in Are there any other it- women in this film? The no. CIA, I, I, there's a CIA w- assistant agent who doesn't have a Yeah, Gemma Chan's in the movie, but like very briefly, which is a mm. massive waste of Gemma Chan. At this point, uh, w- we now have to go to a plane where Ryan is going to do all of his analysis. And analysis is mostly a process where you yell at people, because that's when they make their best decisions. Um, and, and he goes... Hack, like tap, he, he, bypass, so on yes, Yeah, who, who exactly is fucking yeah. our pussies? Who, who is doing this? And they what work position, out what angle, what duration. B- bizarre line, by the way. He took a cash advance of $6,000. Then he went black? What? And then... <laughs> that's, huh? that's... 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 Huh? What about that? <laughs> The, the CIA's child identifier, which is weird that they just have on staff, is like, wait a second. Sheraven's <laughs> dead kid isn't really dead. He's been infiltrated into the United States to get revenge for the war in Afghanistan that the Soviets were in. And we we then cut to this kid who is like is getting a van. He steals a van from work, and very briefly, a Kaufman star is born. Because he talks to a guy in the process of stealing this van, and this guy delivers the following lines. Hey, Al, where you been? You know some kind of shit? The FBI was crawling all over here yesterday looking for you. He gets killed, and as he is killed, he is like pushed back on a dolly shot attached to yeah, him. Yeah, that was a really interesting fucking shot. fucking baffling, but I love it so it dearly. Yes. Like, nothing else like this happens in the movie. He stabs this guy, and then it looks like the Twilight baseball scene. He just, like, slides back, <laughs> and you're like, 
What did, what did Kenneth Branagh in in the director's chair? Like, okay, first set of lines you're gonna give me in Marge Simpson. Second set of lines you're gonna start whispering, and you're gonna like, hey, you do this shit with the FBI. And then the third sit, third thing that happens, you're gonna get on this dolly, and we're gonna stab you at the prop. Yeah, line. this guy briefly becomes the protagonist of the film because we experience the stabbing as he experiences it, as like a sudden shock in which everything goes weird. But like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's very odd. It was an odd decision, but like a good kind one. Of, <laughs> I kind of found a sat of the director's like chair to be like, get weirder, make this weirder <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, put him, put him in a shopping He's cart. He's a creative you know? filmmaker Dolly. who's currently working. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I literally like this shot. I just yeah, don't I like understand it. Too. it. I, so, so Ale- Alexander, I don't know this what guy, it's meant to uh, make me feel. He's he's kind of he's kind of a rip from the Americans, to be honest. Yeah. Um, th- he's doing all of this shit at the same time they're analyzing. Kira Knightley's just sat there reacting to stuff. She's just thinking about her sort of light bulb trauma, I guess. There's a, there's a great shot where she gets kissed and like where, where Jack just like kisses her offhand, and her expression afterwards is really, really weird. <laughs> like she's, she's just like, like, like uh, why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> just like what? Huh? Uh, th- th- so is that not in the script? Like, yeah, th- they Wait, they work out that he. They check all of his social media, including, and I just got this with a drop. Reddit, <laughs> and and they and they figure out that he's he's got a van in Pennsylvania, which they raid. Nobody blows up Pennsylvania, Jack. Which is the, the, the Philly funny. PD blew up part of Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, they raid the house. What's really funny? All the SWAT team gear looks like shit, but they they raid the house. The FBI guys in like windbreakers with pistols go in ahead of the SWAT guys, which is good, and. And and they're they're too late. The guy, you know, he's 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 dumped all of his stuff. He's cleared his, and he's like driving driving to New York as Kira Knightley figures out to do nine eleven two to Wall Street. Yeah, nine eleven two. Wall like, Street okay, never sleeps. Yeah. So 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 they get off the plane. He kisses her. She's like, okay. She's going to drop. Just her going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, like, Ryan, Ryan, she literally is just like, I'll be in this movie later, and then like leaves. Yeah. And you're like, all right, see you later. Ryan, Ryan, um, Ryan, and uh, fuck me, Ryan and Costner then go into a helicopter to fly to Manhattan, and Kevin Costner just like apropos of nothing is like. Hey, have you been in one of these since the time one of them like destroyed your spine? Like he genuinely, Ryan doesn't like tense up or anything. Costner is the one who brings that up. He's like, "Hey, are you yeah. are you okay to do this right now, big dog?" Could have just and it's acted like, that. I think checking with your could have just yeah for sure. <laughs> um, but he he gets over his his fear of helicopters. They fly to Manhattan. They fly to Wall Street. Um, and then we get the scene from The Dark Knight where they figure out that the Joker is disguised as a cop, but slightly worse. Um, the NYPD, of course, reacts to 9-11-2 by sending every ESU truck that it has to Wall Street. Um, a bunch of vans. And Ryan does some brain, some brain mind analysis and is like, wait a second. That van is one of the is disguised as a police van. Because uh, you can see the paint coming off of it, because it's freshly painted. Um, and we, at this point, get what I like to describe as some stupid bullshit. Yeah, we get a lot of stupid see- bullshit for the last little bit of yeah. this movie. 
just some things yeah. occur. Jack Ryan again spots the fucking guy <laughs> with the motorbike and he's like, give me that motorbike. And then it smash cuts to him driving the motorbike. And I'm like, good. No. I didn't need to see him no, do it no anyway. No previous interest or knowledge in motorbikes. This happened in like uh, fucking Jason Bourne legacy with Jeremy it Renner. It did, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The whole time he's on the phone to Kevin Costner, like, he's playing us. It's like Napoleon at Waterloo, because Napoleon at Waterloo dug a big tunnel and put a bomb in an NYPD van. It's <laughs> fucking our pussies just like Napoleon did. Everyone at the time was, like, really confused. That's also why Napoleon weird, lost yeah. at Waterloo. He spent a lot of money on that NYPD van. Just like Napoleon at Waterloo, it's, it's fucked up and he's gonna lose, like... <laughs> yeah, the like the guard imperial getting like massacred at Catra Bra, and then in the middle of it, this one perfect Ford Econa line. Catford <laughs> Branner, how about that? Ah, hey. um, episode. At, at this point, I wrote down even even sillier bullshit. Like, <laughs> Gets worse. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they drive underground, and they're like, "Where would be the best place underground to put a big bomb?" To destroy where, it. Where would fuck all of Manhattan's pussy like, if you put a bomb in oh, it? Oh, there's a like, big convection chimney that'll fuck everyone's pu pussy. The, the pussy chamber? Oh, fuck! Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it turns out Manhattan has like a glowing weak spot that if you detonate a yes, bomb next to yeah. the island sinks. Which really makes fucking, uh, the, the, it makes Al-Qaeda look yeah, like it makes dipshits for not figuring that out 9-11-1, mm. yeah. 9-11-1 um, <laughs> was the first draft and then you gotta like, work out the kinks and like, then it gets out of previews. Mm. 9-11-1 was, was fucking Mozart of terrorism. This one, yeah. this one is so, dire. On yeah, a van, yeah, underground, the, nothing. But 9-11 fucking... is a tough act to follow. They, 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 they fight, they both get wet, the cops do nothing, of course. Um, and then ultimately this leads to Jack Ryan stealing the van. How did that happen? I think I like looked away for two seconds and then... No, no, you didn't. It genuinely no, he, he is not just, shown. It doesn't he just show steals it. the van. It doesn't it's like show it. scene missing. They literally, all of every single CIA agent repels down into this storm drain. And then they're just like, the NYPD where the hell is... Right, fucking van and it cuts and Jack Ryan yeah. has got in the van and is like fuck it I'll drive it into the river that'll do it it's like you could have yeah you, you remember you remember that still. other Batman movie you remember that because uh, I'm gonna do that I'm gonna drive it into the river wait why and why so they have a fucking references Napoleon this is clearly a Guy Fawkes thing yeah uh -huh. yeah so they have they have a fight in the moving van which is somehow boring um two guys fighting in a, like a speeding van is like eh, whatever um he ultimately escapes, bomb, van, and Russian all go into the river and detonate directly next to the Brooklyn Bridge, which is good. That's fine. Terrorism um, averted. There, there is, there's no way this doesn't, like, fuck up the bridge, right? Right. Plus, it's Manhattan, <laughs> yeah. so, like, probably a bunch of, like, pipes and, like, cables and tunnels and shit. But there's nobody got, dies. I, I guess. Well, yeah. I, well, Alexander does, but... So at, at this point, we now have to get um, Kenneth Branagh killed, and this is something I that I want to talk about. That. I think they yeah, should have done that to, to reuse him. I, well, the thing is, he's dying, right? I would have let him die of the cirrhosis that he's uh, we're, we're told dying of. But I, the thing is, right? This is a thing that I want to talk about because every movie with a Russian bad guy in it now, it go, going back to some of all fears, is like. Okay, when they fuck up, they have to get taken out in a kind of Miller's Landing mob movie kind of way. And the implication is like, I think this is a way to cope with the idea that the 
there is no way to punish Russian bad actors. Like the the guys who uh, did that nerve gas poisoning in Salisbury, they just went home. Uh, like the guys the guys who poisoned Litvinenko, one of them's in the Duma now. Like there, uh, th- there is no way for for us to like cause them to have any real consequences. But that's unacceptable to an audience. So instead, what you have to do, the cope that you have to offer them is, ah, the the punishment for failure is worse than anything we could do. Which is flatly not true. If any, these guys get rewarded, but instead they get the Miller's Landing thing where uh, the guy who he met in the first place literally has him killed in a drive-by in the woods. Yeah, they should have kept him alive. It would have been, would have been cool. It would have been also interesting for Jack Ryan's character development to be like, what do you mean I don't get justice we don't get a reward, like the bad guy doesn't go to prison or anything. It's like, that's not how the CIA makes, works. Makes sense yeah. for him becoming uh, president later and developing the Ryan Doctrine. But uh, yeah, so there he, he he makes up with his uh, girlfriend, who I think agrees to marry him. I don't remember because it's boring. I, I Please don't make another one of these movies. I know they, this is clearly intended to be like Ryan Origins, so they could do like yeah, Ryan Yeah, and two. he gets to meet please. the president. Chris Pine has said that they're not. Planning to thank do another God. one, the, which thank, thank God. God, ah, thank God. They will uh, also, someday. the the other the other thing. Oh, they will someday. Not with this cast, which is good. That's all I want to avoid. Uh, the other thing is they meet the president, and uh, Ryan is like very excited, and Costner's like he's very precise and and concise. And if he doesn't ask, he doesn't want to know. It's very clear that this is President Obama. However, it is much funnier to imagine that they are talking <laughs> to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be very funny. God, that would be so good. Eh? <laughs> Trump just immediately leaks everything mm. that he's told. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's Cherubin, that's the movie. Great that's... guy, great guy. I met him all the time. Did great deals with him in <laughs> Moscow. Big fan of Napoleon, actually. Likes to fuck married the, women. I do too, but Napoleon not as much. Fans. Yeah, and that's that's Jack Ryan, shadow recruit, CIA clowns. <laughs> I did. I did not enjoy this movie. Uh, I it particularly made me have a lot of thoughts about about torture and about graphic sexual horror that I hope I've expressed well, but I don't think I've expressed fully. And I will probably come back to on the next movie that does something like this because yeah. every movie does something I, like this now. Be interested to look into this. Um, but we have um, a science based system on this podcast. We we, ha- we have a few things. This couple couple of things. So first of all, um, we'll we'll talk about what this says about masculinity. Uh, what? But, there's there is one last there is one last movie that we could conceivably put into this series. Oh, is this without, without remorse? remorse the, um, with uh, Michael B. Jordan, the uh, the origins okay. of um, what's this called? What's his fucking John name? Clark. John Clark. That's the one. Making ma- making John Clark black is an interesting thing. I'm actually excited yeah, yeah, to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that too. Because part of his deal as a character is that he is like the slightly more macho side of. Tom Clancy's sort of like Maryland Catholic Irish id. So I'm interested to see that. Um, they are in fact also making a movie of without remorse presently, but that's not going to be out for a bit, and we will deal with that when we have to deal with that. What do you yeah, reckon? So this film in general says about masculinity. Uh, you think you've got it bad? Well, you've still got fucking legs, haven't you? That was yeah. I think that's the main the main thrust. <laughs> right. It's okay. To, it's okay to ask one question about power to be like did you do torture it wasn't my unit okay <laughs> you have to accept anything you're you're told though you can ask any question but you can over- you can overcome disability with uh like eye doctor pussy and willpower mm-hmm. 
It's okay to kill people as long as you feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Uh, Wall Street has made the United States terribly vulnerable, but not in any of the real ways that it has. This the silences silence your gun entirely. Yeah, it's, it's they make it silent. There's no such thing as suppressor. I, I, I think genuinely that it does have something to say about masculinity, and that like Jack Ryan is convinced that he's an analyst, and oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. It's like actually, you know, you you are capable of the kind of manly things that you have to do, which is like killing people and and getting eye doctors. Yeah, he leans in. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's 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 a boy boss. Mm. Oh. I really hate that word. Yeah, can we I think it's that? actually quite. I think it's <laughs> can quite we effective. Like that from the no, record. no. I think that's a really valuable and useful term actually because he does kind of like oh, find God. his masculine virtue throughout this film. Um, it is a kind of like coming of age man story. Like at the end, he's like mm. riding a motorbike and like dating Kira Knightley and stuff. I mean, he was like fucking Chris Pine and a Marine at the start, but whatever. Um, mm. Yeah. I just well, I can't believe any of these things. You cast a Hollywood Chris in anything, and I just like. Yeah, I it would have been better if he was an average starting Joe. as an underdog. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I enjoyed Harrison Ford as him so much. He had the right energy sure. for it. Weirdly, so did Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Um. So so would have Kevin Costner, who they wanted to cast instead of Alec Baldwin. He finally gets to be in a Jack Ryan movie, Yay, and it's as white cool. James L. Jones. Um. But we have we have a science based rating system on this podcast it's called the Scum System. It stands for Smarm Cultural Insensitivity, Unprovoked Violence, and Misogyny. So. On a scale of one to seven, how smarmy do we think this movie is? I want to give it a couple of points for the Bond one-liners in the office. So they're fucking our pussies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty fucking smarmy. A little, yeah, honest. I gotta be honest with you, it's pretty smarmy. <laughs> I, I I work the I do better than waterboarding every day is smarm central. Mm. I want to give it like a four. I'm oh, I forgot that he said four? every day. Cultural insensitivity. Um, it's weird. I I didn't. We've invented a new kind of racism. Yeah. Um, that is fascinating to me yeah. to to use the the like cultural markers that have evolved to be racist to the Middle East to just transpose well, them onto Russia is a really interesting choice. Some side note: the 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 soundtrack for this, the the uh, church Slavonic choir for this. Um, the title of that on the soundtrack is. Faith of Our Fathers, which is again the kind of soundtrack title you would give to the sort of like Cod Muezzin stuff. Um, and it's like, yeah, okay, every Russian is inherently tied to orthodoxy, and orthodoxy is a thing that you use to like conspire against the West. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. It's definitely it's grim. used as like a marker of like foreignness and untrustworthiness. Mm. So if, you, if you want to, if you want to see a movie that gives Russian Orthodoxy a deserved kicking and also understands Putinism much better than this movie, I highly recommend the movie Leviathan. By the way, ooh, um, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Bonus feature at some point, maybe. Um, ooh, possibly. Uh, so how about, how about a three or a four? I would say a three. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Unprovoked no. violence. Unprovoked um, violence. Oh, it's violence, violence is fine if you're sad about it. There isn't that much unprovoked violence at all. Yeah. I'd say there's there's essentially none, um, because they go out of their way to show the one like proper bit of violence they have him do as provoked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I'd say it's pretty low. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, one if anything, zero yeah, if it's possible. I, I, think it, I think it might be a zero. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay for zero. And sure. misogyny. I am cracking my knuckles. What do you I... <laughs> yeah, so so Kira Knightley in this is not playing a character. She yeah, exists. It's woman. To... 
w- women exist to be fucked, mm-hmm. um, uh, kidnapped, tortured, uh, all, all of which is sort of much of a muchness in the texture of this script. So they what they they're worried that you're cheating on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's a point as well that like none, she never expresses any sort of opinions about the themes of the film, which are like, you know, oh. like you're arguably like patriotism and like serving your country and stuff. These are all things that are for men to do. Women are, women exist to be fucked. Um, it's like, it's like, what is her fucking purpose in it? Like, what is her character's goal? She, she wants Jack Ryan. That's it. That's fully it. There is there is a female CIA agent who has one line and gets to do a brush pass, and that's it. Uh, so it's it's progressive in the sense that women can also do brush passes. Yeah, maybe we should invent some kind of like super Bechdel test where it's like, do your female characters have anything to say or contribute to the themes of the film? Yeah. In this case, and in this no. case, the answer is no. No, absolutely not. Um, Six. I. Yeah. I would say six. six. Yeah, six. that gives us a total score the, of. Should, we, we can name that after ourselves. In fact, well, that'd the, be KJ nice. Be- the KG Beck Delta. <laughs> uh, that gives us a total score of yeah. thirteen, which is the same as the sum of all fears. And yes, it's it's and like the yes. same as Jason it's the same Bourne. Movie. Yes, it's the same yep. movie. These things are like pretty pretty on the. It's only half of clear and present danger. So. Whew. Um, yeah. It's less problematic than a queen's ransom. It's got that well, going for it. I mean, yeah. especially now. Mm-hmm. Especially now. <laughs> especially with I the back, benefit of I look side. back on some of the other Jack Ryan films that we've done, and I would say that this, with the possible exception of Some of All Fears, which was a bit of a slog, this is maybe the least fun I've had. I mean, I look back on like Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, although it was like ridiculous. We had all that stuff about like drugs and like. That was fun. I had fun watching those. Air Force One was a laugh. This was just like, yeah, okay, it's like a pretty serious film. Yeah, yeah this, this, this was a drag, and it made me unhappy yeah. to watch. Uh, in, in particular, it made me think about The Foreigner again, which also mm. made me unhappy to watch. Didn't have any sort of um, silly Irish accents in it, like fucking Patriot Games no. did. Yeah. Come no. on. Did have some, did have some accents. silly accents, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible to note here on the record who by, though. So, uh. Yeah, could could have been anybody. Could have been any of us. Um, yeah, that's right. So we, uh, our next, our next mainline thing is going to be without remorse, right? Um, and then after that, we're going to look very strongly into doing the Man from Uncle series. However, we also have bonus episodes, but because of a special announcement, because of everything being shit and expensive. We want the podcast to also not be expensive. We'd like it not to be shit. We can't always promise that. Uh, <laughs> we so try our th- best in regards to that one, but yes, but we yes. can make so it not expensive. A program called the Winter of Content, whereby uh, over the winter, while the cost of living is higher, while you're going to like use more energy, which is more expensive because the Russians are fucking our pussies financially. Um, that you get the bonus episodes for free. You can still pay us for them if you want. We would like it very much if you do. Because uh, the Russians are fucking our pussies, also. But if you if you just want access to the episodes, we will release them for free. Uh, so the next bonus episode is Abby's choice. Yeah, I mean, I knew that for the start, we wanted to kick off the winter of content. It was a very, very strong choice. Um, a film that I'm sure will be very good. It's I've never seen it before. A landmark, um, a landmark. Just a in great filmmaking. cinematic achievement. Aww. It's Agent Cody Banks Two: Destination London, um, which I've never seen. But the reason I chose it, listeners, is because. Um, it's very short, and I don't know if you're aware, but I am currently performing eight theatre shows a week 
And Sunday is the only day that I have off, although it's actually a day for recording this podcast and doing press interviews. Um, yeah, so, so I chose a film really that we can watch quickly. <laughs> that we can just, really have holy to think shit. About. We can crank that one out. No worries. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, by the time it gets back around to me and I'm ready to psychologically devastate all three of us again, oh. you won't be working as hard. Uh-huh. So. Uh, looking forward to that. Really pumped about that one. <laughs> also, listeners, if you don't have tickets to come and see The Prince, you should you should do that because it's it's good. Dev came to see it and they. I, I saw it very recently and it was an absolute fucking delight. I'll see it when it runs in New York. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon if you want to, if you can afford to. If, if you, you have don't, it then to spare. check out some some free episodes anyway. Uh, uh, one one thing I will say respond. is yeah. if if you have. The money to spare. I'm going to link a few places you can throw the money that'll be more helpful to society than us in the in the description <laughs> of this episode. But if you have spare yeah, money, various after that, food banks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like the website for the like Civic Playhouse on. where you can buy tickets for the print. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, for real. I'm not putting that in. <laughs> I'll put that in, but it's going to go in a, in a clearly the delineated bottom, yeah. bit. Yeah. From- yeah, 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 yeah. All right, this is Mikhail Jones Jazz outro. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. This has been Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, a movie that seems like it was just sort of summoned up because they owned the IP and needed to do something to keep hold of it. Uh, Ain't that the way of things. Tune in next week for Agent Cody Banks 2, uh, regardless of if you are a patron or not because for the winter these will be on the free feed uh, as as I said in the episode but in slightly more refined language if you don't have a ton of money please god use it to take care of yourself first if you have some leftover that you feel could go spare there will be a bunch of charities that you can throw it at helping people out with the cost of living crisis in the description and if after that you still have a little bit of dosh left over you would like uh, to tip us with that's all it is at this point just a tip uh, feel free to go to patreon.com slash killjamesbond and sign up for at least £5 a month speaking of course of our patrons as I was special thanks to our £15 and above patrons and those are Christine Fox Forks Winchester Paint McCalla Jack Holmes George Rohack Thomas Oberhardt Boris Nick um, Yarek, Harriet Cock, Tristram Wolf, uh, Karen Tanksley, Bernard Rice, Library Hitman, Kit Divine, Max Gamenhart, Jonathan Gerde, Hell Blood Hands, Kentucky Fried Commie, Jay Martindale, Fremen Commissar, Jen, Jen, Big Titty Goth Girl, Jonathan Siegel, Top O, Sydney Steckle, Mothman, Trip, Charlie Out of the Closet, Jenna and Poor, Turfs, Eat Shit and Die Alone, Elizabeth Cock, Zoe Shepard. 
Emily, Howard, Finn, Ross, Quinn, Valeri, Alfredo, I make Devon, say this out loud, Wolfie, Rael Leal, Al Irwing, Millie, Josh Simmons, JM, 111519, Bon Le Bon, Lauren Bastin, and Danny Potter. Thank you for keeping us going. Kill James Bond is, of course, Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay, and our podcast art is by Maddie Lubchansky. Website is by Tom Allen. See ya.